0: The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com.
1: Do me a favor and stop saying that I'm pretty and that I'm not fat, okay? Because it makes me uncomfortable. I'm the girl who, you know, gets really good grades and is not afraid to be funny. And I'm the girl who has a lot of friends who are boys and no boyfriends. I'm not beautiful, okay? And I never will be. And I'm fine with that, you know? But when you go around saying that I'm something that I'm not, it's just, it's not nice. And that's from Shallow Hal. And have you had people in your life tell you, oh, you're the best dancer or you're the best musician or you're, you, you're the best cook ever and they overstate things. They tell you you're gorgeous or you're the prettiest or you're the most handsome and they pinch on the cheek, that type of thing. And you just feel like It doesn't ring sincere. It doesn't feel right. You know yourself. And most people, I mean, some of us exaggerate our flaws, granted, but most people have a fairly good understanding of what we look like and what we've accomplished. And when people overstate it, it doesn't make us feel good. It makes us focus on that we haven't reached the the. the, um, the compliment that they're giving us. And so if they tell me you're the best dancer, I know I'm not. I've seen hundreds of dancers that are far better than me. And so that doesn't work. So when you're giving praise, make it accurate. Make it as laser. If you had a laser pointer, make it as... Um, accurate as a laser pointer and the person will appreciate it much more. Just say what you observe, say what you feel, say what you think, uh, but make it accurate. Don't try to inflate it. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner in the rational base, on the Rational Basis of Happiness, a clinical psychologist, here to take your calls and questions toll free 1877 dr kenner and my website is drkenner.com where i have articles podcasts you can listen to and books i recommend and right now i want to welcome joe to the show joe you're um, having problems with your girlfriend you you drink and then don't call her or tell her not uh, to yeah, tell her not to call true. you thank
0: you for taking my call oh not you're welcome nervous.
1: yeah and so what can i help you with
0: Okay, I've known Tammy for about eight years. Uh, She's been married uh, for the most part the whole time. Oh, Uh, she's been yeah. Go ahead.
1: So she's having an affair, right?
0: We have been. uh, Yes, I met her before she was married. Yeah, and she remarried her ex-husband about a year into it.
1: Okay, and but she's uh, staying with you. She's having a relationship with you on the side of her marriage.
0: Um, we probably saw each other two to three times a year throughout the marriage and kept in contact via email. Okay. And, uh, recently in the last three weeks, she's decided to divorce and, you know, we've started seeing each other on a more regular basis, a couple, three times a week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when I don't hear from her, um, I will, you know, after a couple days, something just doesn't feel right about it. And like I said, I'll get intoxicated and tell her I never want to see her again because I I just I don't know if she's using me or or what's going on there, and I don't know. She says now that I finally have a chance with her, I'm blowing it, and I need help.
1: Okay, so you're getting mixed signals. Part of you feels very self protective. Oh, my God, is she using me? Am I being used? And if you don't hear from her for a little space of time, it may be only a few days, but you get that this isn't right. You get that feeling that this isn't right. It's off base. And the feeling is, am I a sucker? That's what I'm hearing.
0: Exactly. Am I a sucker?
1: I mean, and when you, To me,
0: yeah. oh, I'm sorry.
1: And when you feel vulnerable, when you feel like you're being had you drink and when you drink then you just go by that feeling you let the feeling rule you rather than sitting back and looking at the evidence the facts you let the feeling take charge and you conclude that the feeling is accurate and you dump her you guard yourself is that accurate
0: that is accurate
1: okay and you're you're wanting a different pattern
0: or what how well, can i help I, you I would think that now that she's finally somewhat free, that she'd want to be together more. Well. And I, I guess I, she says I'm insecure about it.
1: Is that true?
0: I guess to a point, but uh, I mean, I guess if, if I'm not feeling that this is real, what can I do about it other than to just cast it away?
1: If you cast it away, if, first, are you ambivalent about being with her?
0: Well, I love being with her. I'm when we're together, it's I'm happy.
1: Are you ambivalent about living with her, having a relationship? Are you afraid she'd cheat on you like she did with her husband?
0: Uh, no, but at this point, her life, uh, is. is, is very involved. I mean, she has four kids and uh, no income at this point, and that's, I think, where the using part comes in.
1: Okay, so it's like, yeah, you do you have an income? Oh yeah. So and she, I'm
0: spending more on her than I can afford.
1: So there's there's a red flag that goes up for you that says, watch out. It, uh, does she genuinely love you, or is she? loving the security and the safety of having someone who can she can uh turn to uh get out of a marriage and turn to and maybe it's a mix maybe it's both maybe part of her values you and part of her wants the security that you afford but okay. then then the decision is you know people have complex relationships it's, if you look at it as unidimensional then it's hard and so it sounds like you're properly looking at it. Tell me, if you didn't drink, what would you do differently?
0: Um, I still, obviously, I think I, I have somewhat like the same feelings, maybe not as strong. And I've always heard the myth that alcohol is somewhat like a truth serum. And, uh, you know, when I don't drink, I, I I control those feelings. I don't let it out. But I think I still kind of feel the same way.
1: Okay. Well, the truth serum, you do want to be able to analyze your emotions, but but alcohol is going to not give you clarity. It's like trying to drive in a snowstorm when you drink alcohol. Okay. Meaning you may get some glimmers that there's something out there you need to take a look at, and and it will lower your inhibitions. Granted, and you may say you may allow yourself to hear self-talk that's genuinely there. Meaning, oh my God, what if she's using me? But you can hear that without the alcohol, and you're able to solve it without the alcohol. Okay. Meaning, the alcohol. If you want clear windows and a nice spring day to go for a ride and do your thinking, that's much, much, much a much better gift for yourself. Okay. So there's a book I'll recommend. I know this isn't your main focus. It is the focus, though, if you want to value yourself. Because if I tried to solve my problems when I feel overwhelmed by drinking, (laughs) how am I going to feel about myself? What happens to my self-esteem?
0: It goes down, I imagine.
1: Down the toilet. Right. I don't feel good about myself, even though... People do use alcohol to self-medicate. The book "Sober for Good" is a is a very easy, enjoyable read. Okay. It talks about the the, the woman looked for uh, I, I forget two hundred and twenty two people or so, no I forget how many people it is. But she interviewed people who had um, been alcoholics or at all levels of drinking and were able to. Um, to give it up on their own, without even help, so it's a wonderful read, Sober for good by Anne Fletcher. that's on my website Ann and- Fletcher. And and what I would say for you is that I think you definitely need to take a closer look. She's got four kids, no income, and you need to look for what is the evidence that she values me and how do I feel about her? How do I feel about her four kids coming into my life, assuming they would, with no income? So those are just some of the questions that you want to ask yourself to be good to yourself and no snowstorms, okay? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's your choice, obviously. Thank you so much for your call, Joe.
0: Thank you for your time.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Now, what would happen to you if you were going through a major disaster? Maybe it is a snowstorm, a blizzard, or you get in an accident, an automobile crash, or a fire, or the disease outbreak probably nothing too traumatic if you really knew how to prepare in advance for these now uh, prepare in what ways mentally and physically for various emergencies and if you're fortunate enough to have the assistance of a trauma and crisis expert such as dr james campbell who helps people with this sort of thing i will be talking with him coming up i'm dr ellen kenner on the rational basis of happiness be back
0: Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner.
1: A romantic partner to avoid is someone who tries to fake their self-esteem by using defense values. People may use values that they possess or aspire to as substitutes for genuine self-esteem and to cover up self-doubt. Examples are money, money, Looks, intelligence, popularity, fancy clothes, expensive cars, large homes in wealthy neighborhoods, social status, and sexual conquest. Not all these values are necessarily irrational. The problem is that they are held compulsively and even desperately. An expensive car can give you pleasure, but not if you just want to own it to show off. You are still the same person with or without the car. Whether others approve of you or not, does not change who you are. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.